This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You're so worried about all these other factors, you're slowing yourself down thinking. And this game, you you all like everybody knows a fast wrong decision can be a right decision. And a fast right decision, you're a winner. And a slow right decision, get your ass on the bench. Because there's somebody out here that's gonna be moving at a different speed. Slow right decisions, we love them. Call them Kirk Cousins. Good move, we gotta be Ow, Cam Jordan. Whoa. Isn't he the son of former legendary Vikings tight end Steve Jordan, too? Yep, this is a kid. Hell of a player. Slow wow. saying slow right decisions is what defensive players love when quarterbacks make slow, meticulous, correct decisions. Wow. Let me ask this. Can can oh. he talk though? I feel like the Vikings they beat they've the gotten the best of the Saints. They daggered him in the playoffs in their own. That's Kirk's only playoff win. Mm-hmm. Is the daggering the, the the throw to Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph? So I don't know if, if you're a Saints player. I don't know, man. They beat him in in uh, London in Week Four last season too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that that's a. Uh, I get where I get where he's going. I don't know that that's that smart a thing to say, but it it's entertaining. Need to pump the pump the brakes a little bit on the the Kirk slander there. Uh, this is just so we're sending Judd off here in about twenty minutes yep. to mandatory minicamp. Yep. You're not SPF. holding out today. SPF 30, by the way. I've wow. got it all set. Throw some on the bridge of your nose there. Last know, time you got a, little, got a little red. I know, I know. Don't spray Baseball it into your hat. face. Just maybe put it on your hand. And no, you put it in your hands, up. a little like that, a little that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am prepared for this. This is minicamp. This is where it gets serious. But before we send Judd off to minicamp, we wanted to just jump in and give an update and just discuss the latest on the Daniil Hunter situation. So we did the episode yesterday talking about some of the trade ideas that are out there. And we kind of assumed he wasn't going to show up. And then once we posted the episode, news came out, indeed, that he's going to hold out at Mandatory Minicamp. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. So... He's going to skip the three-day mandatory minicamp. Oftentimes, it's two days and then, like, a team-building thing on the third it's day. It's two this time, too. They they okay. cancel the third day. Like, they go bowling or barbecue or something. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. So, I don't know how the fine situation is going to work out. You can get fined $100,000 for missing all three days. It gets more expensive. So, really, like, he's made $75 million in his career. He doesn't really care about the fines. 
I'm his, guessing... fine, his fine for for today, which is Tuesday, is $16,459. For tomorrow, which is Wednesday, 32920 And the yeah. new CBA does not give the team the ability to, to forgive it. Okay. So you can't so say it's an excuse, you're like, in the middle of a contract situation, it's excused. Or like yeah. you could just reimburse him technically. So like they took that out. But anyway, it's... It's not cheap, but it's still what less than fifty thousand dollars. So what do you what do you make of this now that this is official? And it's funny because I feel like we've been foreshadowing this for six months, going back to January that this is a sure. thing. His contract is a thing. At some point, it's going to get weird. And now, I guess officially starting this week, it's it has gotten weird. So what do you make of this? I make of this that it shouldn't be lumped in with the previous decisions that have been made so far since the season came to an end, i.e. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Patrick Peterson, uh, Eric Kendricks. I feel like this is unto itself because Daniil Hunter, if he plays for this team in 2023, is going to play a key role. Like he, again, he had 10 and a half sacks on a, in a usage from Ed Donatel that didn't make a lot of sense. And I think the advanced metrics on his play were also favorable, despite the fact he was playing in a defense that didn't suit him. Brian Flores' defense would. So I don't think that this can be lumped in of it's another veteran. But I also think it's important to note that at his age, the term of the contract is going to be important. My feeling on this one is I think this is part of the process. I think it gets done. I think they bring him back. I think it's probably a fair contract. It's not going to be long-term. Uh, it sounds like they tried to do a a bridge deal in the last few months and the hunter camps like no but phil we talked about this on bonus scoop with doogie and this is part of the problem his agent who's still his agent did such a bad job on the contract i think it was back in 2018 that he's trying to save face here as well now so like if daniel had done put what, that toothpaste well, back in the tube though can you and really and daniel what daniel should have done and he you know he's loyal so it's hard to criticize him heavily but he probably should have fired this guy at some point in time got a different representation that could have come in and tried to straighten things out but wouldn't have been dealing from a sense of feeling as if they accidentally or in some way screwed their client so i think this is going to be more haggling probably but do i think that they trade hunter no partially because of this it looks like from some people that know what they're talking about, they're not going to be able to recoup the value that he's going to have. Yeah. Like no, like, like it sounds like a first round pick is out of the question. A second round pick m- might be tough. I saw a story surface y- yesterday that predicted if they trade him now, it'd probably be a fourth round pick. Well, you're not going to trade him for a fourth round pick. It, but I mean, let's say it's a third. I would rather have him back. But I don't think that Daniil Hunter falls under the purview of, oh, yeah, they're cleaning house roster wise. Yeah. Daniel Hunter is still a productive player at the age of what, 28? I think he turns 29 um, during the season. So I think that this gets done. Yeah, I also think it gets done, but I think this is how Quasi's mind works, right? Remember that clip that we saw, the little like draft day recap YouTube thing that the Vikings put out, and they wind up selecting Jordan Addison. And Kevin O'Connell walks up to Quasey and goes, see, see, stick to the plan, man. You stuck to the plan. That's awesome. And it was it was a great pulling back of the curtain glimpse into Quasey constantly weighing this or that, right? He's 
and that's good. Ultimately, in the long run, you want a guy that's going to maybe even consider things that aren't logical on the surface. Trading Daniel Hunter after winning 13 games is not logical on the surface. A lot of fans are still sort of stuck in, why would they get rid of Thielen and and Dalvin Cook and, and Zadarius and Eric Hendricks and Patrick Peterson from a 13-win team? But you've nailed it all along, Judd, and that there is a clear line. These players who are over the age of 30 and maybe didn't even greatly contribute to the 13 wins last year, maybe even prevented you from being better in some certain games or made your life harder on defense than it could have been if you had younger, faster players out there. Daniil Hunter was absolutely added value for that 13-win team last year. And he probably still has at least two years left of prime. Eric Eager came on our show last week and said, from an analytics perspective and a scouting perspective, the way in which he goes about his craft is actually more long-term sustainable into your 30s than guys who are just relying on the quick burst off the line of scrimmage. That he's less of a quick burst guy and more of a, once he gets a step or two, it's more of a craft for him. So if that's to be believed, and he maybe has three or four years left of prime, and the offers you're getting are third and fourth round picks, then logically it would make no sense to trade him. You're better off paying him as a top five or six edge rusher in the NFL, even if it's a little bit of an overpay. Um, But if a team comes along, and this is where Kwesi has to weigh it, if in this process a team comes along and says, screw it, we're the Jaguars, we are the pick your contending team. Right. And we think we are Daniil Hunter away from winning a Super Bowl. Therefore, we're going to give you a first-round pick and a third-round pick. I think you have to think about that. But if it right now, the answer is easy. If the if the calls I'm getting are third-round picks and fourth-round picks, or some of those offers we went over from like that Denver Broncos, the Broncos want Daniil Hunter. Here's a fourth and a fifth. Screw you. I'd rather I'd rather pay him twenty five million dollars a year and guarantee three years. You'll guarantee like seventy million dollars. So. Uh, I, the question is, how long do you continue this? If you're the Vikings, there is a price point, I'm sure, that can land you a Daniil Hunter contract. He's right back at practice, and here it is, right? Like, that price point exists. How long do you wait on a first-round pick and a trade offer until you just sign the contract or figure something out? That's the question. The Jaguars part's really interesting, too, because uh, they are a team that's on the ascension for sure, franchise QB, um, a, a good head coach, and... Daniil's agent is also Christian Kirk's agent. And everyone was shocked, I believe, that last year off, last offseason, when Christian Kirk just got a huge payday from Jackson. Now, Kirk, to his credit, actually had a pretty solid year. Yeah. I don't know if he would have played up to his contract necessarily, but he definitely played a lot better than I think that was expect, uh, expected of him. Now, because that agent has done business with Kirk and the Jags in the past, is there a path there where that groundwork could be laid? I actually think that's the one team that actually makes a lot of sense for the Jaguars to go in and get someone like Daniil Hunter uh, to give you up some significant draft capital. Obviously, they still have to pay him, too, to make him happier. Um, in general, would I like Daniil Hunter back? Yes, I, I, I want him back. He's the most important piece on that Vikings defense. But you have to field some right calls, but you certainly can't just sell low on him just because, well, we got an impasse, and we can't yeah. deal with this anymore. You can't do the, that. Real quick, the other thing that makes this harder for the Vikings and and maybe one of these guys would blossom if given a chance, but you don't really have another edge rusher besides Marcus Davenport with any track record of getting pressures. Well, so yeah. Zadarius is gone. The next best edge rusher after Marcus Davenport and Daniel Hunter is probably Patrick Jones. But stick with me here on the nerdy football stats. His football. his pass rush win rate last year was half of what Zadarius Smith's was. Zadarius Smith had a 19% win rate. 
Daniil Hunter was a 16% win rate. Patrick Jones is like 10%. DJ Wanham is like 8%. And then the list falls off after that. Like, you don't, it'd be, if, if you thought, because the Vikings have always had like a third guy in the wings. Daniil was the third guy behind Robison and Everson. Everson was the third guy behind Jared Allen and Robison. It goes back and back and back, like 15 years. This is the first time they haven't really had a third guy that, hey, if this guy if this guy's making noise about his contract, that's okay. Patrick Jones deserves more snaps. So they got to be careful on that front, too, from a depth perspective. And, look, we've talked about this for months now. Zadarius Smith was ex- expendable, but when they traded him, which I think that they would have kept him if they could have, he forced th- their hand, which is not the end of the world. But when he got traded, there was there was definitely a thousand percent not a plan to trade both of those guys. They want Hunter back. It makes sense. It makes sense that I mean I don't expect him to play for five and a half mil, so that makes sense. But you know, we also have to keep in mind this: if our working philosophy from a year ago was right, and I'm pretty convinced it was, which is the Wilfs basically told Quazy, "Hey, dude, here's the deal." you are going to work within parameters of the current roster. This is 2022. Mm -hmm. And you're going to keep almost everybody. Because again, Kwesi's philosophy on life in no way, shape, or form said, I want to look at all these veterans. He could have traded some some of those guys and probably would have, but he didn't. So if Kwesi was operating under strict parameters for 2022 of what he could and could not do, he still has bumpers now. And so I'm sure that they said, okay, you know what, Cook, Thielen, we love those guys, but that's okay. But an ownership that has never, ever said tank, not even come close, is not all of a sudden going to to say, whoever you want to get rid of Quazy, jettison them. So, like, there is there is a structure here at work, I think, that personally sees this. And if you, yes, Brian Flores can probably make chicken salad out of chicken bleep to a certain point. But you can only pick so many pieces out of that defense potentially and ask him to do that. And so I think, Daniil, if you got a first-round pick, I'm with you. Listen, but if you don't get a first-round pick, and if you are offered third- and fourth-round picks, I do not see the Wilfs okaying a trade of a guy that remains a key portion of this defense. And I guarantee you, Brian Flores, one selling point was the presence yeah. of Daniil Hunter on this defense. Well, this is this, this is the ultimate gray area for the competitive rebuild. If you were trying to compete full on, you absolutely sign him to an extension. You don't even consider a trade. Don't even consider it. Yep. If you're trying to rebuild, it's going to be 29. You can probably get a couple teams to get into a bidding war. You would you would make it your sole goal to maximize his trade value, right? But they're in this sort of retooling. They're trying to well, they're, they're trying to get younger in certain spots, but they're also trying to keep premium position players on the roster. Like it's uh it's right in the gray area for them. And their offense is better, I think. I think going into 2023, this offense a year under O'Connell, when I look, I mean when you look at who they've gotten rid of, okay? Sorry. Those weren't those aren't key guys, and so I actually think that there is more of, of a compelling case if I'm the Vikings looking at this through their lens. I think there is more of a compelling case of why I want my defense to at least hold up 
Not saying it has to be great, yeah. but if you pluck away Hunter, now to your point, Phil, you have nobody with a consistent track record of getting to quarterbacks. Davenport's done it, but then he didn't. So I, I actually think from inside TCO, there is probably more of a compelling case that the competitive rebuild is not only on the right track, but you could potentially have an offense that's top five in scoring. Does Daniil Hunter's injury situation make you pause at all? Let's say let's say the price here is pay me like a top five ed- edge rusher, and you do, and and it's a, let's say it's at least two guaranteed years and a large chunk of a third guaranteed year to to make this a contract that he would accept. Are you at all nervous still about his injury history? Absolutely, and I probably try to get him within like the top eight, not the top five. But here's the bigger problem, I think. I think to teams that inquire about him, that's going to be their negotiating chip to get you off a first or second round pick. I think the injury history is more damage to him in trying to move him. So like if your doctors have cleared him, and if your doctors say, you know what? The neck is not giving him an iota of a problem in two years. I actually think there's more of a compelling case for that's why the Vikings should pay him because I think everyone who calls you about him is going to use that against you in the negotiation for the compensation. Yeah, if I can give him that three-year deal that was basically projected from PFF Brad, I would I would love for that to be the case. Um, I also think the Vikings shouldn't be continuing locking up players into their 30s. And I know Daniil still has a couple years left in his 20s, but I'd rather get two full guarantees, give him a boatload of money this season and next, and then put yourself in a position where if you have to move on in the spring of what, 2025, or 2026, 2025, 2026, then I would consider that. That's when I would yeah. try to do that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely, but you could say that his injury history makes you nervous, but just because someone's been healthy doesn't, it's football. Yeah, I mean, anyone on a big contract playing football, besides, I guess, Kirk Cousins, who's just like never missed a game. He missed like one game because of COVID or something. Yep. That's pretty much it. So we'll see how this shakes out. I guess um, percentage chance he signs back, percentage chance he gets traded in your guys' mind. I'll give you three pieces of pie here because I think there's a third. I I think there's a viable third option with where this might be trending. He switches careers, becomes a boxer. No, he does not go Ray Ray Edwards. Please God, (laughs) never let anyone go back in. Sugar Ray Edwards was just awful. Uh, No, I think that there's a percentage chance. I think the the percentage chance he gets traded is about I don't know ten percent. I. I think it's low. If indeed the offers aren't good, and it sounds like they're not, okay? I think there's a a 10% that he gets traded. I think there is a larger, the largest chunk is he resigns. But the other chunk to keep in mind is this. This might be a situation where if you can't come to an agreement by training camp, you let him hold out. Because he's still yours. 
You still got the year left. You could mm-hmm. still talk to him. Because if I'm getting offered a fourth-round pick, I would rather not have him show up at training camp and continue to hammer out a contract. Because at some point in time, guess what? You're not getting paid. Yeah. So so th- this is one where it's not, you know, it's not a point where I'm that afraid of it being contentious because, one, it already probably is contentious. But, two, you've taken care of him previously on a contract he signed. And, three, he's at the end of the of his career here. So I think that this is one where there's a larger portion of a chance that you just allow him to hold out than actually trade him. And then eventually something gets done. I'd say 80, 20, 80 in the fact that he'll be kept and he'll get re-signed 20% chance that they, they trade him. I I saw the other one too, like, Oh, they should, you know, chase young potentially could be out. They should just swap them. Why would Washington do that? Why would Washington give up the more team controlled and and cheaper, younger guy? They, they didn't pick up the fifth year option, right? So he's he's going to be I, – I think Washington is basically punting on Chase Young, but I'm with you. I don't think that that's a – Yeah. I, I don't think that's a good option. I'm totally with you on that. I mean, yeah, I just – that seems like a – now, is Chase Young available? Yes. Um, But Chase Young also has nine career sacks in yeah, 27 career games. Yeah. Yep. So exactly. I'm not taking just hasn't quite worked out that way. I would say I, I agree on the 80, 20. I think, I think they get this done, but if a team offers a first round pick yeah, well, that's or if a team offers, let's say a second and a third. So I get, I what get if they offer the whole draft? draft. <laughs> Here's our whole draft for Daniel Hunter. Uh, I'm in Mike. Oh, yeah, me, too. me too. I would put my Hawaiian shirt on, smoke a cigar, <laughs> but uh first round pick or like a second and a third. Mm-hmm. I make that trade, and then I go sign Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram. Yeah. Yep. Both absolutely like great one-year stop gaps. They're in their 30s, but you don't have to sign a long-term contract. And then you then now you have draft capital to do whatever you want in the first yeah. and second rounds next year. Yeah, first but if it, I'm totally with you. And I would probably give it now, because training camp doesn't start for, what, six more weeks? I would give it six more weeks to just let offers come in. And then I would I would maybe try to drum up a little last minute interest, but I would get a contract done before training camp starts, and just just go in second year of Kevin O'Connell, smooth sailing, not having this hang over your head. That's I think that's how I would handle it. Where I will side with the Vikings is this: he and his agent agreed to this contract, and it was terrible, and that's largely on them. Is it possible that they because what? This this new negotiation point, did that take place? Like, how did we get to the $5 million base this year? Was that a Spielman discussion? Or was that no, done last year? No, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Um, what the Vikings did was, because the contract was so bad, and because Hunter was underpaid, he was going to hold out of a mini camp a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they shoved a bunch of the money that was, like, in 2023, they shoved it into a signing bonus and then there was that balloon. I think it was, I, he got 18 mil last, I think, last March. That last was month. from the back end. They never redid this contract. Yeah. The Vikings are smart. Brzezinski's really good. But again, that's Hunter's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super weird deal how we got here, but we're here. He's not going to be at mini camp. Judd will be at mini I camp. Will. I will SPF it up. 
and he will be looking uh, looking pretty svelte thanks to his friends at Livia. That's right. Oh, God bless them. You know what? A couple of years back now, my friends helped me take off uh, 40 pounds, and Livia has helped me maintain that weight loss. The guy on the left, a little burly, right? The guy on the right, oh, boy, looking good. How did he get there? Well, it's this simple. Livia Weight Control Centers, the nutritionists, the dietitians, they did great work. And I've talked to countless people in the PD family who have joined and said, you know what, Judd? It is fantastic. It does work. And they do help you maintain the weight loss. It is a program. It's not a diet. It's a program that definitely is going to help you shed the weight and keep it off. And right now, if you join eight weeks for free, that's right. Eight weeks for free. Imagine that in eight weeks, you're going to be down 15, 20 pounds. You're going to be feeling great. You're going to say, I want to continue this lifestyle. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. If you want to report to training camp in the best shape of your life, it's as simple as Livia. Hey, also, if you're looking for a job out there, Burnsville Heating and Air is hiring, and they're hiring full-time jobs. They're hiring all sorts of different levels of jobs and all levels of experience. So even if you have no experience with HVAC systems, they provide great training from professionals. So maybe you're looking for a summer job or you're a recent college grad. You can work close to home with full-time jobs throughout the seven-county metro area and western Wisconsin and join the rapidly growing team of heating and cooling experts for over 35 years at Burnsville Heating and Air. Apply now at BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. That's BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. All right, we got to send Judd off to Egan here. We'll see you guys later on this afternoon for, my guess is what, a live stream recap, Minicamp Musings on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on a daily basis, even during the off-season months, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.